Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. And in this series, we're talking about the covenants of promise. And this is such important material. It's so important that you have an understanding of what the covenant means in God's relationship to us and how solemn it is. And it changes everything. And um, I want to encourage you to be sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel and uh, be sure to ring the bell so you get notifications when we put out a brand new podcast. And then also like us as well, if you would, uh, it would help. And then just so you remember, every day, in fact, I just wrote one a while ago, every day there is an email devotional that goes out with the broadcast and uh, we'll email it to you. Go to myfaithroots.com, and you'll find out right there how to sign up for this. And it's absolutely free. All of it's free. You don't have to pay anything for it. All right, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12. You had no connection with Christ. You were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel outside God's covenants and the promise that comes with them. Now, we're going to go to a story in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, that shows us something about how Gentiles are brought into this, this covenant. Unless you're Jewish, this is huge for you because this is how you and I have come to faith in Christ, and this man set a precedent for us. Today, people are still being saved by what happened with this man. So let me read to you from Acts chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion over a hundred soldiers of what was called the Italian regiment. So he was an Italian uh, Roman officer. Uh, Loads of men in the Roman army were conscripts from other provinces, but he was actually from Italy. He was a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always." Now, Cornelius fulfilled here a qualification of the covenant that God made with Abraham all the way back in Genesis chapter 12. Remember what God said, I will bless him who blesses you. Well, Cornelius filled that qualification. He gave alms generously to the poor, and the poor in Caesarea were not Gentiles, they were Jews. So he supported many, many poor Jewish people, And uh, he was very much a a devout man. He prayed to the God of Israel. He believed in the God of Israel. Uh, So he followed as much as he knew how to the commandments of the Lord. And so what he did is he set in motion a process that would bring him to faith in Christ. And we're going to continue to reading with Acts chapter 10, verse 3, about the ninth hour of the day, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, Acts 10, 4, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner whose house is by the sea, He will tell you what you must do. Now, if anybody deserved to be saved by good works, it would have been Cornelius. But nobody 
is saved because they have good works. Good works are important, but good works will not save you. You have to come to faith in Christ. But angels are not allowed to preach that gospel yet. They will be someday, but not right now. And so the Bible says that God prepared uh, Peter, the man who's going to preach to him, before Cornelius ever got to him. Now, now listen to this. So the next day, uh, the Bible says, as they went on their journey and drew near to the city, Peter, the guy who is uh, going to preach to Cornelius, went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. So this is about noon. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. And he saw heaven opened, and an object like a great sheet bound at four corners descended to him and was let down to the earth. And in it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. And a voice came to him, and it said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. In other words, I've never violated the Jewish dietary laws. Uh, that were given to Moses. I've never violated that. And the voice spoke to him again the second time, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. Now this process happened three different times. And then the object was taken up into heaven again. Peter wondered about this as well, you can imagine. And while he was wondering about it, the men who had been sent from Cornelius to find him knocked on the door. They stood at the gate and they called and they asked if Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. And listen to what happened. While Peter thought about this vision, the Spirit said to him, now this is another operation altogether, the Spirit said to him, behold, three men are seeking you. Now the Holy Spirit speaks by an inward voice to Peter. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So he went down and found these men. And uh, this was the confirmation that he needed, that this was indeed a vision from God, because God told him, there are three men looking for you. Well, there's only one way to find out. Let's go downstairs and see if that happened. Sure enough, they were there, and they had come from Cornelius, and they told him what their purpose was. And so he went. And the Lord had said to him, Acts 10, 20, Therefore arise, uh, or therefore go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Now, this is a manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit, and all of it is an operation of the word of wisdom. And the Bible says about these gifts, they don't operate exactly the same way, that there are differences of operations or diversities of operations. So the first part of the word of wisdom that came was a vision. God gave Peter a vision, very symbolic vision, to let him know that now God was going to change what people could eat. And so uh, it, it was his way of saying, I am going to cleanse people that were once considered filthy. I'm going to cleanse the Gentiles. I'm going to forgive them of their sins. And so you see this being given to Peter in a vision. It's a word of wisdom. Then the Lord says, go with these men, or three men are seeking you. That's a word of knowledge because that concerns a present situation. 
And so the word of knowledge is either present or past. So when God says there are three men seeking you, that's the word of knowledge. And then when the Spirit says, go with them doubting nothing for I have sent them, that's another word of wisdom. So the gifts of the Spirit are at work here. Now, Peter goes to the house of Cornelius and he preached. And when he preached, the most amazing things begin to happen. Let's read verse 34, Acts 10. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears Him and works righteousness is accepted by Him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, He is Lord of all. And so Peter went on and with many words preached to them about what Jesus had done, how He died on the cross, was raised from the dead. And listen to verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Now, the covenant at this point was now enlarged. And even though Jesus had told the apostles that they were to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, the idea that the word belonged only to Jews was so strong, and it was an idea so strongly held by them that they just didn't hear what Jesus really said. They found it very difficult to believe that a Gentile could be saved without first becoming a proselyte. Now there was room in the Jewish law for a Gentile to be a proselyte into Judaism. They had to be circumcised and do a ritual bath and some other things and they were brought into the covenant. But the idea that someone could come into faith in Christ without first being a proselyte, that was amazing. And they'd never seen that or imagined that before. So Cornelius' experience was a revolutionary experience. And it showed that God is now enlarging this covenant. And it fits in keeping with what God told Abraham. Remember in Genesis 12, he said, In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. I'm going to bless the whole world. Every family will be blessed because of you. And so God, through Abraham, made this covenant so the whole world could come to faith in Christ. Now, God is so careful to lay out a foundation for these things even before they happen so that we can know that they are indeed from Him. God always foretells and foreshadows. Now, that's important because He does it in two ways. He actually comes right out and says it, that's foretelling, but he also foreshadows it with symbolic events and happenings to show you of what is going to come. Now let me show you another place. This is the book of, of Luke chapter 7. The Bible says in verse 1, When he, Jesus, concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. And uh, we read about this same guy in the book of Matthew uh, chapter 8. 
Now, Matthew gives some details that Luke doesn't give, and Luke also gives details Matthew doesn't give. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. Well, the servant was Jewish. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. And listen to what it says in verse 5. For he loves our nation, and he built us a synagogue. So this centurion had already qualified himself for favor from the God of Israel. How did he do that? He showed kindness to Abraham's seed. God said, I will bless them who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. So the centurion had been a great blessing to the Jewish people. And as a result, there was blessing come to him, and his servant was healed. And later, when the servant was healed, Jesus said, I've not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. And remember, there were only two people in all of the New Testament that Jesus said had great faith, and both of them were Gentiles. It was the woman who was a Canaanite who came and asked for her daughter to be delivered from a demonic power, and it was this man whose servant needed healing from being grievously vexed. Now, listen to what is said about this man in Matthew eight eleven. I say to you, Jesus said, that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. So there you have it. What happened with Cornelius is foretold by Jesus in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8, Luke's Gospel, chapter 7. And it's interesting to me that the first Gentile to hear the Gospel preached and to come to faith is a centurion. And we have this centurion who is honored by Christ Christ willingly heals his servant without any fanfare because he had fulfilled uh, what God had said to Abram, I'll bless them who bless you. So what I want you to see is that God has enlarged this covenant so that any one of us can come into it. And this was a huge deal because Peter took some flack for it. He was criticized for going to the home of a Gentile. He got called on the carpet for it, but when he explained how that God had supernaturally um, confirmed what he did by the Gentiles being saved and not only being saved, but being filled with the Holy Spirit. Nobody could argue with it. That set a precedent. Now, it was still a few years before the outreach to the Gentiles took uh, uh, great importance, and that came with the ministry of Paul and Silas, or Paul and Barnabas, rather, and then ultimately Paul and Silas. And they went and preached all over the Gentile world. And it was amazing what kind of results they had. Now, the original apostles primarily went to the Jewish community that was scattered about the world, but it was the apostle Paul who eventually took this gospel to the Gentiles and so we see how God enlarged the covenant. And man, am I glad that he did. Here's why. Because before we were hopeless. And you must understand that when God reaches down to this earth to do a good thing, he reaches through a channel. He doesn't work outside channels. He works 
through channels. He communicates through channels. If I want to water my grass, I got to do it with a hose. If I got to make a phone call, I've got to do it with a phone. If I want electricity for my appliances, it comes through a wire. God is no different. He uses channels to stream blessing. And the covenant that he made with Abraham is the channel that he uses to bless the entire earth. And so people had to come into the knowledge of that covenant. They had to understand that it was a covenant of grace. Abraham was not saved because he deserved it. He was not saved because he earned it. He had faith. He believed God. It was counted to him for righteousness. And you and I, by the grace of God, have been called into that wonderful covenant. And this is the first time that it happened to a non-Jew. And this is a great story. Well, our time is gone for today, but we'll be back tomorrow. And with episode 20 of this particular series on the covenants of promise, don't miss it.